Good morning. How's everybody today? All right. It's like a, it's like a rainy day. Amen. Praise God for the rain. I'm taking a different attitude about the rain. If you know me, if you've been here very long, uh, it really bugs me sometimes, but I'm really working on that. Thank God for the rain. Uh, he gives us exactly what we need. I'm glad to see you, see you today, and welcome to church, and um, so glad that you could join us and be a part of, of what's going on here. Um, I had this kind of a mixed feeling this morning when people started coming to, to this campus, and uh, Instead of making eye contact with me, everybody like looked at my shoes. So I, I want everybody to, to get this out of your system. Tupelo campus, welcome. Uh, I guess you're honored <laughs> that I'm not there in, in person. But uh, these shoes uh, have a, a, a special significance. Uh, and that significance is what we're going to be talking about today. And we'll get there in just, just a moment. Uh, we're glad that you're here. If you're a first-time guest, just text the word GUEST to 493-2311. Be sure to put 662-493-2311, just the word GUEST. And uh, also, a couple of things that are, one thing at least that's coming up is, is our first Saturday serve day. It's coming up the first Saturday of March. Uh, I told you that we had uh, almost 60, if not over 60, on the first Saturday serve day of February, and uh, this coming serve day is going to be uh, ministering to the uh, the ICU CCU waiting area at at both Baptist in New Albany and North Mississippi Medical Center, and then we're going to be doing some other projects related to that. So we're pumped about that, and and we're excited. If if you're free and willing to serve on that day. You can text the word "serve" to the same number six six two four nine three twenty three eleven, and I uh, hope that you'll do that. You can also sign up at the guest services counter. Well, this past weekend, man, it was like incredible. The if gathering, it was uh, over a hundred women at our Tupelo campus, made up of our church wide uh, ladies and. Um, guest from our community and I was I was able to be a part of several parts of that and and I'm just telling you God really showed up and God did some incredible things uh, at that if gathering can I get an amen for something today amen it was really good and uh, I know so many volunteers uh, that that helped and it's just a, a blessing to to see what God uh, is doing uh, through the IF gatherings. So, ladies, if you're not a part of that already, uh, I encourage you to become a part of that. All right, are you, are you glad you came to church today? Give God a praise clap if you are, all right? All right, North Star's a place where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and anything is possible. And when you leave the services today, you'll see those words, anything is possible. It may very well be that you came to one of our campuses today and, and that you're, you're facing an impossibility. I, I know what that's like. It may not be the same impossibility that you're facing. It could be. But I know what that's like. But I also know that I have a, 
a loving God, a, a God who cares, a God who, who shows up. He's never late. He's, he's right there for us. And so that's why we say it's a place where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and anything is possible. It is our vision at North Star to glorify God by making disciples of all nations, this nation, that nation, all the nations. Amen? And so that's, that's what our vision is at, at North Star. We're, we're real people at, at a relevant church who connect people to a, a growing relationship with Christ and, and each other in order to fulfill the, the purpose that God has called us to and called us for. He created us on purpose, for a purpose, and with a purpose. Amen? And so today, we're beginning a brand new series here at North Star, and it's called Four. It's part of, a, it's part of an orange uh, theme, an orange series. That's why I wore these uh, kicks today and, and, uh, and got all the, the reactions that I got from people. And uh, it's, it's really about the fact that we're going orange. We're going orange. And we're going to be having an orange day uh, the first Sunday of the month of March. So be praying and looking forward to that. And, and let me just quickly summarize what orange means and what orange is. Orange means that we, it, it's, it's a way that our church loves our neighbors. It's a way that our church loves our people. And it's a way that our church loves our families. Amen? It is, it is developing a sustainable rhythm. God has called us here, and, and he's called us to do ministry. He's called us to do evangelism. But evangelism is not the only thing that we talk about. We're going to talk about that today. But in the passage that we're going to read in just a minute, Jesus said, I want you to make disciples. And that's why we as a church put, put emphasis on the growth tracks and the, and the pathway to discipleship. And the Bible teaches us to love our children and to love our families. So we are, we're going to learn that sustainable rhythm uh, in, in church. And we're going orange, okay? And so Orange Day is coming up, and today we're going to be talking about how we are for our, our neighbor and for our community and for our world. Now, where Orange got uh, the idea of Orange came when, we, when you start looking at the church, the gospel, being the light of the world. You know, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Don't put your light, don't hide your uh, light under a bushel, but put it on a, a lampstand that all can see and uh, glorify your Father, which is in heaven. So if you take, are you with me so far? The yellow, the light of the gospel, the light of the church, and you mix it with the heart of the family, that's red. If you take the, the light of the gospel, the church, and, and mix it with the light of the, the heart of the family, then you get orange. Can I get an amen today? 
I waited all week to tell you this. And so that's where, that's where the concept of orange uh, came from. And so today we're going to be talking about orange and, and how we are for our neighbor. Who is your neighbor? We're going to answer that question next week, but your neighbor, well, I'm going to answer it today, but we're going to talk, I'm, not, I'm, I'm going to answer it in more detail next week. Your neighbor is whoever God puts in your path. Your neighbor is whoever God, at the gas station, at the stop sign, at the mailbox, is whoever God puts in your path. Uh, I want to ask you a question as I get started today. Uh, how many of you have ever been deep sea fishing? Raise your hand. Both campuses, raise your hand. There's hands being raised here. And um, One time, I lived several years, my family and I lived down in, in South Mississippi, and uh, we had a lot of fishermen in our church, and they learned a valuable lesson about me and about taking their pastor fishing. <laughs> you know, I suffer with several problems, but one particularly that causes a lot of problems for me is, uh, you know, my ADD on steroids. And, and so a friend said, hey, Terry, hey, I want to take you out in the Gulf fishing. I said, cool, man. That, awesome. Yeah, I'd love to. And so we, we, uh, we got ready. He had one of those ginormous boats that could go out into the Gulf. And he said, man, we're going to catch some fish today. And so we loaded all of our stuff up, all of our gear. And, and uh, he let the boat down into the water and... It, it was pretty awesome, I'll just tell you, you know, to be able to go fishing like that so close to my house. We were 13 miles inland, and uh, so we, we took off, and he got out into the water, and it, it was cool, it was awesome. And uh, he got his fish finder going, it was like this big, you know, and it, it, it was the real deal. And we started fishing way out in the Gulf. And we fished, and we fished. I think I was like a curse to this guy. And we fished, and we fished, and neither one of us wanted to breach the subject of leaving. Uh, actually, I wanted to breach the subject. In fact, I can't, my memory has faded a little bit. I probably did. And uh, we fished. Even though he told me, man, we're going to catch some, uh, some redfish, some flounder. Mm. That's what I'm talking about. And we went home empty-handed. Now, I learned a valuable lesson that day. <laughs> Several lessons. Uh, one, though, was that if, if you're going to catch the fish, this is really deep, Okay. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this, church? If you're going to catch fish, you got to go where the fish are. Bless God. Another occasion, another friend uh, took me. I was reluctant to go because, I, like, I'm a curse. If you've ever taken me fishing, some of you have, you can, you can testify. He took me out and... Uh, 
uh, Lake Pontchartrain. And, uh, I, you know, I was skeptical because I, I'm, I am like a curse on fishing. Um, but I went anyway, and we got out into the water. The water was a little bit rough out on Pontchartrain. Sometimes you could see whitecaps out there. And uh, we started fishing. But guess what? We went where the fish were. And, and we brought back a boatload of speckled trout. I mean, it was incredible. I, we, we each got our, our limit and all of that. That's a lot of fish. And what we did that day was we went where the fish were. I learned that if you're going to fish, you, you, you're going to have to spend the time. It's not going to just happen. Uh, oftentimes when I go fishing, uh, I, my mind is, is on something else. I quit deer hunting years ago because uh, I was, I'd be studying up in the deer stand, reading my Bible, not looking for the deer. I'm just not, a, I don't know. And so, but I learned that if you're going to catch the fish, one, you've got, to, you've got to spend the time. Two, you've got to get out on the water. And three, you've got to, you, you've got to find where the fish are. Now, the reason I told you that is, is because it has bearing on my message today, and that is that Jesus told his early followers, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Now, these were, these were ordinary guys, but, but they were professional fishermen. They were career fishermen. They knew what they were talking about. They knew how to catch fish. They knew where to find the fish. But Jesus said, guys, I want you to follow me, and as you follow me, I am going to make you fishers of men. And so if we're going to be fishers of men, okay, we're going to have to, we're going to, have to get out on the water. If we're going to be fishers of men in our neighborhoods, we're going to have to get out in our neighborhoods. Now, maybe you're like me sometimes. Uh, I'm opening my garage door as I'm going down the hill almost to my house, and sometimes I'll pull up in my drive, and I'll pull up into the garage, and I, I close the garage. Do you know something? If we're going to catch fish, we're going to have to leave the garage open, so to speak. If we're going to catch fish, we're going to have to get out where the fish are. And if we're going to catch fish, catch fish we're going to have to spend the, the time and the money in order to catch the fish. When Jesus said, come follow me, I will make you fishers of men. And I'm thinking, I'm, I'm about to read this passage, but I want to just set it up, and I want to tell you it's going to be a while like, before I actually come back to this passage. But I, I, I want to, I'm, I'm thinking, why do we do this? Why are we having orange? Why are we putting emphasis on the word for. We're for our neighbors. I guess a better question is two words. Why bother? Why, why even bother? Well, our text for today is going to explain why we need to bother. Now, Jesus, to set up the text, Jesus had been crucified. He had been put to death. He had been laid in a borrowed tomb, and on the third day, come on, he rose from the dead, right? And, and 
over the next 40 days, Jesus appeared to uh, his followers and others uh, uh, 500 times during this period before he ascended into heaven. And the passage today is just before Jesus ascends into heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father. The text is Matthew chapter 28. I'm going to begin reading with verse 16. Matthew 28, verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When he saw them, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Now, I, I want to stop and just interject something here. Uh, it's, it, it's very interesting that uh, they, they had already experienced the risen Lord. Uh, they, he had already told them to go to this mountain. And there's one little concept here that I, I want to just pull from Scripture, and that is when they saw Jesus, they worshipped him. And then what Jesus did was he gave them their marching orders for what they were to do in his absence. Because, uh, like I said, he, he's about to leave earth. <laughs> and so they worshipped him, and then he tells them to, to go and make disciples. And I guess the point that I was trying to make is, is that worship and evangelism go hand in hand. It's one thing for us to come here on Sunday and worship, but we've got to go out and get on the water. Jesus said in verse 18, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. You heard me say a moment ago, our vision is to glorify God by making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And this is what I know, and we're going to talk about the what, but if, if we remember the why, it'll help us to carry out the what. Did you receive that? If we remember the why, it'll help us carry out the what when the, when the times are difficult, when the discouragement and the depression sets in, when, when, when we don't see the, the fruit immediately of our labor, when we remember the why, it helps us to carry out the what. And so I'm thinking, I'm looking at this passage. I've preached from this passage uh, so many times over the years. And, and oftentimes, it's, it's like from the perspective of evangelism. We need to go. We need to get out on the water. But what Jesus said, do is I want you to make disciples. That's why we have put an increased emphasis in our church on discipleship and the pathway to discipleship that is so paramount, that is so important. And so I'm, I'm looking at these guys, these ragtag followers of Jesus that had walked with him and talked with him and they followed him uh, closely. Now, I'm thinking this is at the end 
before Jesus goes to heaven, I'm thinking back when Jesus called them and he said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. I'm thinking their mind like did a, a rewind as to what Jesus meant then and what Jesus means now. It means the same thing. Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And then he says in Matthew, go into all the world and make disciples evangelize, make disciples, help them to, to get in a, <coughs> a growing relationship with God. So I'm, I'm looking at this passage and I'm thinking, God, I, help me to see, first of all, why these disciples even went up on the mountain that day. Well, uh, it's because Jesus told them to. But it's deeper than that. They were followers of Christ. Jesus told them. So they did. But why? And this is what, this is what I believe is the foundation of what Jesus told them to do. And that is this. Number one, they went up on the mountain that day. They bothered to go up there because they had received God's grace. You know what God's grace is, right? God's grace is uh, God's riches at Christ's expense. Write that down. God's riches at Christ's expense. That's grace. Uh, we talk about grace a lot because we're a grace church. Grace is God uh, giving to us what we do not deserve. He looked at me and he said, Terry Ledbetter, uh, you don't deserve it, but I'm going to, because of the grace because of my grace, I'm going to give this to you. I'm going to give you the ability to receive. You have to make a choice. But I'm giving my grace. It is, it, is, it is given to you that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures and that he rose again on the third day according to the Scriptures. Ephesians writes and says, Paul writes in Ephesians and he says, we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sin. Uh, sometimes I think in modern Christianity, many churches don't talk about the blood. I'm standing there uh, uh, yesterday in the, in the if gathering as we sang about the blood, the blood of Jesus. And because of the blood, because of the, the, the shed blood, because of the sacrificial death, I can be saved. I can be born again. I, I can receive his grace. Paul writes in Colossians chapter 2, he says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. Now, these guys, they didn't really deserve a second chance, just like you and I. I mean, you've got cussing Peter, hot-headed Peter, you've got doubting Thomas, you've got the brothers who were arguing. Uh, they were a mess, but yet Jesus said, if you'll come after me, if you'll follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. And now it has come to fruition, those opening words that Jesus said to his disciples, and these words in Matthew, it all happened because they had received God's grace why, why bother? 
why bother? Let me tell you why bother. Would you write this in your listening guide? Why bother? We bother because he bothered for us. I am for my neighbor. I am for my community. I am for my world. I am for my church. I'm for my people. And I'm for the families because he bothered. He first loved us. If you're taking notes, would you write this down? God is for you. God is for you. Maybe you, maybe you feel like no, nobody cares about me. Nobody even knows my name. Nobody has an idea of what's going through this mind. Nobody has an idea of how my heart is breaking. Let me tell you something. I may not know all of those things, but I know this, and that is that God is for you. Amen. God's for you. Paul writes in Ephesians, and he says, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. It is not by work so that nobody, nobody can, can boast. It is, it is the gift, the grace of God. It's not something that you earn. It's not how hard you work. God is for you. He cares about you. In the book of Titus, in chapter 2, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. God not only is for you, but God is for humanity. He said, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Make disciples, teaching them to, to obey the things that I've commanded you. So the disciples, they were there that day because they had first received grace. Having said that, I'm for my neighbor because of what's happened to me. I'm for my community because of what's happened to me. The very reason that I could be standing with Jesus today is that Jesus stood with me and he took my place on the cross and I've received his grace. In 2 Peter, he says, the Lord is not slack. He's not slow in keeping his promise as some, under, as some understand slowness. Instead, listen to this, Instead, he is patient with us, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. God wants everybody saved. So do you believe uh, in election? Uh, you mean like what? In the Bible? Uh, yes. I believe God elected. He chose you. He's for you. He's for humanity. Yes, I believe God cho chooses everyone. It is not his desire that any would perish. Not, not everyone chooses him, right? Your neighbor may not choose him. But how will you know if you don't show your neighbor the love of God? Here's a question. What, what if, 
What if our communities, our neighbors, could realize that we're, we're for them? And that God is for them? What would happen? That's why our church is orange. Our church is for our families, for our people. But our church is for our, our neighbors. Because God wants us to make the same difference that the disciples in Matthew 28 made. Why bother? Well, I bother because I've received His grace. Why bother? Number two, if you're taking notes and you're new, nice, good-looking, listening guides, come on, church. We bother because Jesus said so. The Great Commission is not an option to consider. The Great Commission is a command that we are to obey. In, in verse 19, he says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. I want to tell you that the command that Jesus gave why bother because Jesus said so? It's time sensitive. Yeah. There's a time limit. So, well, I, I'm working my way up to it. Uh, you know, somebody asked Jesus one time, uh, Jesus, when is the end going to come? Because honestly, the, the early followers of Christ, they thought it was going to be pretty soon. And now, 2,000 years later, he's still not returned yet, right? But you've got to understand, in the mind of these early followers, they thought when Jesus talked about the end, it was going to be pretty soon, probably in their lifetime. I don't know if Paul thought that. I, I don't know. But the answer to that question was, when is the end going to come? Jesus replied, when the gospel has been proclaimed to all nations. Did you realize that there are still millions upon millions of people that have yet to hear the gospel message one time? You've heard it three times today. Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture. rose again on the third day according to the Scriptures. You've heard it. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. You've heard it. But there are... There are Billions that have yet to hear it. And that's why Jesus said we've got to go. He's not coming back until. It's time sensitive. Let me tell you another, let me say it a different way. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Harden not your heart. Today is the day of salvation. So your neighbor, your relative, People in your community that have never met Jesus Christ, they have only the opportunity of today. The Bible says that boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what another day will bring forth. Have you heard that scripture? Nod your heads. 
Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for you don't know what tomorrow. What that means is don't, don't boast about what you're going to do tomorrow. Tomorrow may never come for you. And let me just tell you, if you're here listening without Jesus Christ, today is the day that you need to be saved because you're not promised tomorrow. We don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. So the message of the gospel is time-sensitive. That's why we're for our neighbors. That's why we're for our communities. That's why we're for our world. That's why we're for you. And that's why we're for our families. The Bible says in Romans, the wages of sin is death. One message that's not preached oftentimes in modern Christianity in many churches is, is the subject of hell anymore. Well, church, let me tell you that heaven is real and hell is real. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ our Lord. And I'll tell you something else. The Bible says, they, they will know that you're my followers by your love. I believe it is a, I'm convinced that it's an evidence that God is in your life when you share the gospel. When, when you do what is so dear and near to the heart of God, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's an evidence that Jesus lives in you when you are for your neighbor. I want to be like Jesus. I got a long way to go. It's not going to happen this side of eternity. But I want to be like him. And to walk in his likeness is to do what he said and to do what he did. Why bother? Well, because we've received his grace. Why bother? Well, he told us to. Why bother? Because we're for. We're for. That's why I bother. Jesus in the gospel of Matthew chapter 9, Jesus said these words. Uh, the Bible says Jesus went through all the towns and the villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, talking about Jesus, when he saw the crowds, listen, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the workers are few. Now, Jesus was not talking about full-time vocational evangelism, full, vocational full-time or part-time uh, ministers and pastors. He's talking about me and you. 
The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Why bother? Because we're four. We're four. In the Gospel of Luke, Jesus said in Luke 15, In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repents. So, uh, who are we for? I'm just going to quickly give you these. Well, we're, we're for our neighbors. Our neighbor that lost a loved one and you heard about it or you saw all of the cars over there. and You don't know their name because you've not met your neighbor. If I'm stepping on anybody's toes, I'm really glad because I'm stepping on my own. Marla and I have, have talked about in our neighborhood, there, uh, there are a, a, around 40 uh, homes. Now, I've lived here for many, several years now. I've, I've actually lived here for uh, 19 years. And I have been to every door more than once in my neighborhood. I've done it. I'm not going to ask you to do it if I'm not going to do it. But I'm taking it a step further. I'm going to, I'm going to learn their name. Now, I'm, I don't know how I'm going to keep up with it and and when I die and the FBI comes in and they see this psycho guy that kept a name chart of all of his neighbors and I don't know how that's going to look. But I'm telling you, I, I want to get to know my neighbor. Because if I can live amongst them, I need to know who they are. Not only for my neighbor, not only should we be for our neighbors, we as a church, we're for our community leaders. Just a quick word here. What if we criticized our leaders less and prayed for them more? I know people post things on social media and I hear comments, weak, spineless. Why don't we pray for them? Christ's sake, let's, let's pray for them and show them that we love them. Real quick, we're for our teachers and schools. Our church is. You know why? Because they're our neighbor, but they're teaching our kids. I want our education system to know that, that we're behind them. That doesn't mean we agree with everything, but we're behind them. Let me give you a fourth one. We're for other churches. Really? <laughs> yeah. We're not in competition with other churches. We're in competition against the devil. They're, they're in church life. I, I've been doing this for 30 plus years. Oh, wow. A lot plus. Uh, they're... It, it, it has existed since I first got into the ministry, but it exists today and it's not changed. 
that much. There's a territorialism. I don't know if I said that right. Territorialism. We're, we're territorial. Oh, uh, no, nah, well, can't come to that because we're doing this. <laughs> what if our community saw us for them, for those people, for those churches? Five, we're for the world. The 2.5 billion people that have never heard the gospel. We're for the poor and the hurting. And there's a lot of poor and there's a lot of hurting in our communities. And we're for the, the needy. That's why I'm so blessed to be the pastor of a church that does things that I didn't even think of, like the fostering and adoption ministry that's kicking off in our church. Wow. That's why I'm glad I'm surrounded with smart people because they come up with these things led by the Holy Spirit. We're for the needy church. We're going orange because we're for. Heavenly Father, thank you for the word. Thank you, God, for uh, speaking to my heart and God helping me to, to, to stand up here today just to talk about what you've asked us to do and called us to do and commanded us to do. I pray, God, that it doesn't fall on deaf ears and that, God, that um, we, would, we would go and be who you've called us to be. Today, if you realize for the very first time that you've never been saved, you've never been born again, it's a faith issue of your heart with repentance. And I just ask you today, would you put your trust in Jesus Christ? Would you enter into that relationship with him? I'm going to lead in a prayer, but it's more than repeating words of a prayer. It's a decision from your heart. And you can say something like this, Dear God, today the light has come on. The light of the gospel. I realize that I'm, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. And I don't understand it all, but I believe it. I believe that Jesus died for my sins so that I could be forgiven and spend an eternity in heaven with him. I believe that he rose from the, the dead And today I repent. I turn from my sins and I turn to Jesus. I put my trust in you. Come into my heart. Come into my life today. If you made that decision, there's a card perforated in your listening guide. Would you fill that out and just check the box that says, I'm entering into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe your prayer today is, God, help me to have a passion for the lost, a passion for my neighbor and my community, that they would come to know Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask that everyone please stand. I just want to pray, pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for uh, meeting us here and, and giving us the opportunity of, of uh, being the light of the gospel and, to, and the heart of the family and 
God, I, I pray that you would take these closing uh, moments of worship, God, and just uh, reveal yourself to us afresh. God, we thank you that you've met us here today, and God, we're thankful for the message of your word. God, bless this time in Jesus' name.